It's snacking and get cracking with a snack that packs a protein punch. Pistachios are known for their protein power, fiber, and better for you unsaturated fats for a combination that may help you keep feeling fuller longer. Wonderful Pistachios is a good source of protein with zero gill. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. I love that they come in a variety of sizes and flavors, making this the perfect protein snack for any on-the-go adventure. Check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. Welcome back to a special edition of the Flow Track Podcast. I'm Kevin Sully. He's Gordon Mack. We are on location in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania for the third and final day of the Penn Relays. We have a bonus 30-minute pod here to recap day two, talk a little bit about day three. Gordon, we still got the pickup contest going that folks can enter. Actually, if you haven't entered yet, you scan that QR code, all the races that are in the pickup contest are today. You planned this out strategically, Gordon, so that folks could jump in today. The three questions are about Thingmo in the 600, about the men's four by mile, and the women's four by 15. So people can check that out. We got your picks locked in there. Gordon, how are you doing today? Last day. You know, I'm doing all right. Hopefully this internet, oh, sorry. Starting off with a bang. Hopefully this internet connection is better. Move from my room out here. I feel like it's worse for me than it was for when I was in there. But we'll see what happens. So if you guys are listening to this and I'm choppy or Kevin's choppy, we apologize. Just skip just skip the pod and wait till Monday. No, don't. We'll talk about everything don't. we talk about a third time. Contrary to what my co-host says, do not skip the pod. Listen to all of it. Click on all the okay. links. I'm upstairs. See, in Gordon full. grabbed the downstairs room. Gordon tried to do the power move when he got in the Airbnb. He's like, I want the downstairs room where nobody else can bother me. And upstairs, there's four bedrooms. That's where I went. The internet appears to be more stable up here. Um, day two. Day two. Let's recap with day two. We had uh, we have a bunch of interviews, first of all. If you go to the site, you can check out the interviews. Day three is underway right now. But uh, Gordon talked to Oliver Hoare, Sage Herta, South Carolina squad that won the 4 by 2 BYU women took the DMR. Uh, Ole Miss men took the DMR. So you can check out all the interviews on the site. But let's run through these, Gordon. We can go kind of quick here. Um, some of these day two highlights. First, BYU wins the women's DMR. You are on the mic for that one. Anything surprise you about that race? I mean, not really. I mean, yeah. I thought I didn't think it was going to be as blowout as it was. I think BYU was like, we're not taking anything for a chance. We are going to make sure we don't leave any stone unturned. And, you know, they went all in on. Uh, hold on. Is someone playing music? Yo. I don't hear it. I don't hear it. We're good. We're good. I don't hear it. Gordon trying to uh, coordinate the background audio for the uh, for the podcast here. Gordon, we're fine. I'm in the we're middle fine. of the pod. BYU women, as we're talking about here. Gordon, no one can hear the music. We're fine. BYU women, continue, right. please. You know, roommates, man. That's, I'm just kidding. No, it's Brian. He's great. He's actually filming something at Penn right now. So I apologize. My, yeah, BYU, like, after the 1200, it was over. 
Lauren mm-hmm. Ellsworth was like, screw it with 400 meters to go, opened up the 40 meter lead. And then it was over. It wasn't really a race. There was really not, no one could challenge BYU. I mean, I think it showed that if BYU went all in at the DMR indoors, they probably would have won. Arkansas ultimately won. So we'll never know. Um, we'll see Arkansas in the four by 15. It showed that BYU clearly is the best mid distance team when they try right now. So, and we'll see if Arkansas can challenge them. I know BYU is not going really all in on the four by 15. Courtney Weymouth's not going to be running it. So it's going to be more of a NC state Arkansas race, the four by 15. But, uh, it showed that if BYU tries, they're the best, if not top three in the country. Yeah. They put the a squad out there. They had never won a wheel in school history. They wanted to make sure they got at least one. That was the best strategy to do it. And they got it done. On the men's side of things, a very dramatic race. Men's distance medley. We thought Ole Miss was the team to beat going in. They end up winning it, but it wasn't without some drama. Wisconsin got out to an early lead, and then things tightened in that mile leg. A lot of teams were still in the mix. UConn was up there. Virginia was up there. But in the end, Mario Garcia-Romo leads Old Miss to a Henry Lay's wheel. Yeah, that was an exciting race. Having like six teams in it throughout the entirety of the race came down to the final 300. Romo was kind of trapped. I was, I was thinking Romo wasn't going to be able to overcome the tactical error he made, you know, in that back stretch because he he knew he had a kick he had to make sure olin hacker wasn't able to just take advantage of the, the perfect position you know despite yeah. having the best kick if olin hacker is you know too steady you it might be you might run out of time to to catch him but you know margo Romo, clearly one of the best in the country was able to make up for a tactical mistake and uh take the lead what with like the final 10 meters this race until the final 10 meters it's kind of wild it's like being in an nba game you don't win you're not leading at all during the regular during the regular time you tie the game Mm -hmm. go to overtime you're still never winning and then your final time you go ahead is like five seconds left and you hit a game winning three to go ahead that's what it was like (laughs) so it's like being the memphis grizzlies against the t wolves all series basically what you're saying it seems uncalled for don't need to bring that sorry up. Colt. Pods, sorry you know? my apologies uh let's go back to the celebration for mario garcia romo this was a top flight celebration it's hard to pull off good celebrations at pen relays because things happen so quickly and you got to get off the track for the next race so first of all it was very time conscious because he didn't wait he does it right after he crosses the finish line and it's one thing just to swing the bat he tosses the ball up and then hits it out of the imaginary park. Look at that. Good form too. Gets his hips through. Amazing follow through. I thought this was an A plus celebration for Garcia Romo. Yeah. Also the timing of the camera cutaway, right when he swings the bat, it cuts to the second cam. Uh, right on like it's right on cue. Uh yeah. But yeah, they're all coming back, man, to today in the four by yes. um the exact same four. Like they had their eight hundred meter star around the four hundred. John Rivera Rivera, he was running the 400. So, yeah, they're going all in on the same four squad, going to try to win back-to-back wheels. Uh, BYU women, they're 
doing something similar, except Courtney Wayman is taken out and they're putting in um, Megan Hunter, I believe, in the 800. But they're running three of their four DMR legs in the 4 by 8 So we hmm. could have both Ole Miss and BYU just follow up their performance from yesterday, just do it again and again here in the, in the 4 by 8 And they said right after the race, I was right down there, we're going for another one tomorrow. Ole Miss, like they're not going to be satisfied with just the one. They came here to get the 4 by 8 as well too. There's a great piece that's going to be on the site uh, today or tomorrow, a little behind the scenes of that men's DMR race. And it was awesome. It's We've been calling the races. We've been down on the infield as well, too. That one, I was down on the infield. Just the chaos and the emotion with each passing lap is, is something to behold. And then the crowd going crazy. Relay just brings out that extra bit of energy from, from athletes and fans and, and coaches. It was very exciting to to be down there um speaking of energy man high school side of things we don't talk a ton high school on this on this pod miles splits the, the high school experts but um i'm continuing my quest to try to get a t-shirt from every jamaican school out there so uh, edwin allen and heidel um you know send it send it our way please uh edwin allen goes 43 18 with the the clayton twins in that four by one it was just amazing performance they also took the four by eight championship of america and then uh, over in the 4x4, four four, uh, Heidel with Brianna Liston. Just just another amazing performance. Um, and that home stretch crowd, what would you say the breakdown is fans, Jamaican fans versus U.S. fans on that home stretch crowd? It's like 95.5, maybe 90.10. Yeah. Being yeah. Nice. No, they're all sitting right there, right on the home stretch, right in that finish line. And they get up for every time. Jamaica is on the track. And it's pretty wild. I mean, they're the women, the girls in the high school, the from four by eight, four by four, and four by one, they're all mm-hmm. running really well. I'm very impressed. And like you said, 4318 um, for Edwin Allen, 10 relays record. Pretty impressive. Yeah. Those are high school girls, remember. We're not talking college. Yes. Yeah. High school. High school. Yeah. And we'll see. So the boys today, and obviously Jamaica is expected to. To run really well again. Speaking of high school, I'll jump ahead for a second. Gary Martin, 401 in the mile. Um, wanted that sub four. Looked like he could do it with 61 for the last quarter. Just missed it there, but all by himself. You see the emotion as he crosses the finish line. Just disappointed he couldn't get the, the sub four, but the crowd really got behind him. And right after the race, he, he couldn't do any interviews. He had to go to prom. He had to get ready. And get his prom <laughs> pictures taken, which was a, a cool story. He's a local kid. Um, you you were down there trackside for that one as well, too, correct? Yeah, uh, it was kind of funny. It's like the most disappointing four hundred one for a high schooler in in high school history. history. Yeah. You know, it's like we've gotten so spoiled with amazing high schoolers over the past decade, and you know, breaking four, doing crazy things, and relays or Three Ks, and now this guy runs four hundred one. It's not a PB at Penn Relays. Breaks the Penn Relays record by like three seconds, and all he's like, eh, "I'm going to prom," you know. Like that just shows how great high school distance running has gotten. That now four hundred one is a new is a new floor for like if you would have shown this finish, if you would have shown this time to a person in a time machine fifteen years ago, you would have yeah. thought that he ran like four twenty. Or, mm-hmm. you know, that, yeah, it's just crazy. So 
Yeah, 401, and your reaction is like, eh, just goes to show you where we are. I'm sure he's going to break it. He still has a few more big races in the docket in May. He's run four flat solo. He runs 401 in a lot of in solo and windy conditions. It's going to come. Yeah. He has a week. He'll, he'll make it happen. If he broke four, sub four and prom on the same day, that's a pretty cool story. Yeah. Pretty busy day. Pretty productive. So congrats to him. That was a fun race as well. Uh, in that evening section, we had those Olympic development races. So we had 800 steeples and then that four by mile. Uh, Sage Herda, I think, was the story from that evening section running for on. Broke two for the first time in her career. She won that mile title incidentally indoors a couple of years back. She's she's been in the mix ever since. She's put down some fast times. Remember, she ran that she ran a fast eight one year when she was redshirting for for Colorado, but she went out with the rabbit. She's the only one that followed the rabbit. And I remember thinking, man, if she she this is setting the table for a sub two, but she's gonna have to do a lot of the work herself. And and she pulled it off. 159 and change for her to. I spoke to her after the race and she, I said like, how did you, what was your focus? What did you focus on once the rabbit went off to kind of maintain that pace as much as possible? And she says, I started thinking about running solo 50 meters before the rabbit left. I had to prepare myself. So when she was running down that home stretch, she was thinking to her head, okay, get ready, prepare to be by yourself for this, you know, first do a little bit of the soul on a 400 and it worked out she was able to hold on to that pace and break two for the first time and uh she's looking pretty good now i mean mile 1500 meter star in, yeah. in college now breaking two one year into uh things are looking good for her for these next few years as she continues to develop yeah, and I think it obviously is good news for her 15 because I would guess that's where the emphasis is going to be just because it feels like making teams is a bit more possible in the 15 right now than in – I mean, both of them are hard than in the, than in the 800. Um, but I liked your interview afterwards with Sage Herta because you brought up the question that nobody is asking and maybe still nobody will ask. And that is, is Sage Herta the next Kate Grace? Which, when you told me you asked her this, I looked at you quizzically for about 45 seconds. Um, what was her answer? Is she? I mean, people are, ask, people are asking the question. Is she? I don't know. I mean, Such a I asked her. Strange frame. She, she didn't deny. She said, yeah, I, I think about that. Because uh, Kate's in uh, the Boulder. She's in Colorado. Um, mm -hmm, I, mm -hmm. I think it is. I think there is some similarities there. You have a, a 815, not really mm -hmm. overhyped athlete coming out of college. You know, like no one was talking about Kate Grace coming from Yale. She went to Yale. Is that where she went? Mm -hmm. Yale. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you were good. You're, you, she's one, but like you're, she doesn't have the the fanfare of someone who's going like an Elise Cranny going right from Stanford to Bowerman. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. I think that Sage Herder could could be the next Kate Grace, where it's kind of like staying low, but you know, continue to improve. You know, PRing early into your pro career, and uh, 
have to pick between two different events, eight and, and fifteen. I don't know. Yeah. Hey, okay. it was it was a long day. I was trying to think of a creative uh, question to ask, and uh, I went with that. So we'll see. We'll see what I ask uh, no. Sydney McLaughlin after her hundred hurdles. What should I ask yeah. her? Is she the next? Uh, <laughs> what's she the next? Sydney. Sydney. Are you gonna impress us with what you did last year again? I don't. I mean, yeah, yeah. Once you break a world record, I don't know if you're the next anybody. Everybody's the the next you who comes comes after. The on four by mile record did not attempt, did not end in in a record. Sixteen oh four. They actually Jay just missed the Franklin Field record that was set by a Michigan squad from two thousand five. So they go sixteen oh four. The record was. 1549, but this thing, the record was out the window early on. The opening legs ran 407 uh, between on Dublin Track Club and Empire Elite, and that was Ben Flanagan on the carry for for on. On, you know, they stacked their team slowest to fastest because then Elmers went 404, uh, Klecker 358, and then Oliver Hoare 355. They didn't get back in command of the race really until the third leg, but they handed off even on in Dublin track club did. And you, you asked Oliver Hoare, you know, 12 minutes on the clock. Do you still think you can get the record? Well, he ended up getting the baton at 12.09. So that was a pretty deep hole that he had to, to get himself out of. But closing 3.55 solo is impressive. We saw Tier closing 3.53. So gives you just a, a perspective of how hard that mark is. Yeah, it was kind of a bummer. I mean, everyone kind of knew in the stadium after the first lap that the record wasn't happening. When you're trying to run 15.49 and the first lap is 65, you're like, all right, it's not happening. I mean, someone, I even heard someone say like 10 seconds into the race, say, there goes the world record. And I thought he was joking, but maybe he was able to tell. We're not running 60 second pace for 400. And then from there, it was, it was over. And I, I was right next to Ray Flynn, who uh, a track and field agent who's part of that team that, that won it, that, that record team from Ireland. And he was like, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I was like, they're not running 60 second pace when he looked at him on the back stretch. Oh. And then when we heard a time 65, yeah. we were like, like, yep, they're not. Doing it. I felt bad because when I saw them run sixty-five, I audibly went like, "Whoa!" Like as like kind of like yeah. it's not happening. And Oliver Hoare was literally walking right by me, you know, still in like game mode and like go. And you got to think that he was probably internally like, "God damn it!" Like, yeah, game all the way to try to break a record, and it's gone sixty seconds into you know the thing. It's like yeah, it's like being like a. Well, I was I was talking with Ritz after. I mean, it's not Flanagan's fault. He's he's not a miler, and he just he probably assumed exactly. every they're going to go out quickly, and he tucks in, and then you see that opening split sixty five or sixty four, and then you do one more right around that, and then he eventually took on the pace because he's like, listen, we're we're racing for a fast time here. It's not just about winning this race because Flanagan he's faster than four oh seven. I mean, he's he's a sub four miler. And you think just, all right, even if he ran 401, like they definitely, on definitely could have 
run, you know, mid 1550s here. I think 1549 still would have been real tough, but you could have gotten a few more seconds. You could have probably gotten four or so seconds out of that opening leg just based on the first two laps. And then that would have brought them under 16 minutes because Hoare was going to run 355 regardless. He got the stick the same time as Sean Tobin did of Dublin Track Club and then just took off. It's not as if he had a yeah. faster time because he was able to work with the competition. Now, Klecker, he had someone to chase down on Dublin Track Club and then he caught Dublin Track Club and then Dublin Track Club st- stuck with him. That would have played out a little bit differently, but I think you could have had four or five more seconds just if you had that pace going out faster those first two laps because Flanagan and all those leadoff runners are, you know, they were capable of a faster time. It just turned into this tactical thing, which is, uh, which is unfortunate in terms of the record, but it was fun. It was fun. And, you know, credit to, to them for putting themselves out there and, and getting after it. Um, and he said he wants to do it again next year. So we shall see. Um, I want to talk about yeah, one race for you just, for, you had, maybe you just have to do it once for people to see it and like then everyone's like, all right, we need to make this happen. We Yeah. On with guys have to pull up because of scratch uh injuries. Next year, we're going for it. Let's make it happen. We see it's possible. We see what Oregon did. They did it almost with half a squad. Uh on wasn't able to do it with half a squad. You know, let's put everyone and let's make it happen. And maybe that'd be this is the motivation. We needed maybe we needed these failures in twenty twenty two for the motivation to really get it in 2023 well and a lot of groups would have just scratched it but they just kept sending the next person up on just kept going through the rolodex rolodex is an old reference kept scrolling through the iphone contacts until they found the next person now part of that obviously is because they're they're sponsoring the race the meet like they're definitely invested in it but it shows you you can put a team out there. It may not be and, – and, and produce an entertaining race. It may not be the perfect team, but what, what's, your, what's your favorite quote, Gordon? Can't let perfection be the enemy of good. It used to be on the sign behind yeah. you when you did the pod. Is that what it was? Perfect's the enemy of good. There we go. Coming to an Etsy shop near you. Or it's already <laughs> at the Etsy shop. Anyway, um, let's do Peyton highlights. And then I want to talk about one race that's coming up today. Highlights from Peyton. Yeah, so go. So Peyton, I would say, kind of start off with a bang, a kind of unexpected. Um, bring up the results. Apologize. Should have been more prepared for these results. Um, sorry. Can you do that? I'll read some comments. I'm not. I'll read some comments. Yeah, read some comments. Yeah. From okay. From, from the chat here. Um, Robert, we met Robert the other day, Gordon. Uh, he says, it was awesome to meet you in person at Penn on Thursday. You interviewed me and my friend. Yeah, was that North Carolina Central alum? And he shouted out his, uh, he shouted out his high school, I believe. But that was great to see. And he, he asked about your shoulder, asked about your face. He was very concerned. Great guy. Yeah. Um, all in the game says the depth of Jamaican girls, not even women sprinting is scary. Well, and the thing is, it's not even like sprinting. Like you look at the, like going into the four by eight too. Like they're putting out solid, solid runners in the 800. So across the board, 
it's incredible what Jamaica is able to produce at this level year after year. So, yeah, it's one thing to watch it from afar and to see see the times. It's like another to like be there in person and just like just see just the sheer volume of of talent that they have. So, I've been very very impressed. Um, Peyton, though, go ahead. Yeah, Annie Rodenfels, D3 athlete from Century D3. Okay. She had a PB in the steeple coming out of college of 958. She won NCAAs her senior year in 1022 for a steeple. 958 PB wins the steeple in 1022. Three years later, 25. That's insane. She shattered her <laughs> steeple PB by over 30 seconds. 925. And it's not like you're going from 1030 to 10 flat. She's going from, you know, uh, a solid, mm-hmm. like a, a good a good college time to now, you know, top five mark in the U.S., you know, flirting with becoming a team, like a U.S. team contender. Because in 920, yeah. you can contend. With now, you're not talking with the Frerixes and the Coburns who are going to be more in the, the 9.0s world. But if you're in the 920s, that sets you up to have a shot, you know, have a, a fighting chance at the trials to, you know, maybe PB run the 19s and then find a way to sneak on and get a third place finish at the USAs. So big ups to Andy Rodenfels. Very impressed. 925. Um, yeah. I mean, Hell, Courtney Wayman, I think she only ran nine twenty six, and we're looking at Wayman as like, like the next, you know, the next one in line to take on the. And then Annie Rodenfels is like, hey, Peyton Jordan a week later or two weeks later running nine twenty five. So that was I was very impressed with that performance. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, all the archives are on the site. You can uh, you can check them out. Some fast time. Dylan Maggard. Well, I thought won the ten thousand. Yeah, thousand was one in twenty seven thirty seven. Adrian Wildshut ran twenty seven thirty eight, which I think is like a top ten college time all time. I'm assuming. I don't know my my college ten k top ten list memorized like I used to. It's been I've been off my game not memorizing top ten lists. Uh, also, this race I try to. I'm, I'm be honest. We're on the East Coast. I try to stay up for this race. I really did. I was watching all Peyton. I was going through the tank women's 10K, and then it was it was 1.30 at night. And I was like, I can't do it. I can't watch this race live. I got to go to bed. So I end up not live. So all I'm going off of is just finishing times. There could have been some wild spill or some wild kick that I have no idea about. That's why I got to watch it live to get those you know, thoughts. But, I mean, it's kind of crazy. Look at this, though. Stanford had three guys all run sub twenty seven fifty. Ty Robinson, yeah. Cole Sprout, and Charles Hicks. That's pretty impressive for Stanford. And also, I know I like talking about NAU, but NAU has another guy now running in the thirteen forties, John Shea, who like is NAU's like fifteenth best runner, goes out there and runs thirteen forty four. So it's just crazy to kind of show yeah. the depth that some of these college teams are creating in the five and ten um, all around. And 
Yeah. Well, there's, I think it's going to, there's a situation where it's going to, you know how NAU ran 30-42 um, to qualify? They ran that like last at Mount Sac. And they're like, all right, that'd be good. 1342, they'll get us top 48 in the NCAA. 1342 yeah. is 40th, 40th in the West. So there's a, the NAU boys, even though they're clearly Nico Youngs and Abdi Hamaners are like their favorites to finish top three overall, they might be flirting with not qualifying for West Prelim because it's just so crazy how fast everyone is running these days. I mean, Tulsa has all these guys in there. Wisconsin has all these guys. It's it's crazy, mm-hmm. and NAU jogging a thirteen forty two. There might be a chance with thirteen forty two is the fiftieth best time in the West, which is like crazy. Fiftieth mm-hmm. best time in the West thirteen forty two. I mean, right now it's not that. Right now I think it's thirteen forty six ish, but there's still a few more weeks of the season left for people to run some fast five Ks at conferences or whatever. So we'll find out. But I think they're safe, but. It seemed like a 1342 should be like top 20, but now it might only be top 40 or 50. So anyway, get some NCAA content in the pod. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, sorry. Another uh, comment. Someone asked why a Navy sub-22 last year did not count towards the collegiate record. It was considered out of season because it happened at the Olympic trials, and we could have a big debate about which performances should count. And- should not count, but as per the records, it's because it was considered out of season. Um, women's four by fifteen hundred today. It's part of the pickup contest, um, so people can select who they think is going to win. Looking like it's going to be a showdown between Arkansas and NC State. You got two mid-distance powers there. Arkansas won the DMR indoors. NC State won the cross-country title. Caitlin Tui expected to run for the Wolfpack. Arkansas has Lauren Gregory. Just give me kind of your your one minute analysis on, on this race. I mean, right now you you got to look at it. The first three legs are all going to be pretty even. I mean, they're very interchangeable. They have probably four to five runners who can run those first three legs each. You know, we're not talking about Lauren Gregory and Tui right now because they're going be on the anchor and i do think you know they have women who are in the 4 13 to 4 18 range and i think if things go as i think they're gonna go i do believe the first three legs are probably average around 417 and if mm-hmm. that happens you know again remember when they when the record was broken in, in 2009 the first three legs all ran 419 each we're going to have two teams mm-hmm. averaging around four That's a total of six ahead of what it took to break the record in 2009. And I think that just, I think Lauren Gregory and Caitlin Tui are going to get the stick at the exact same time. And it's just going to be a, a basically an all-out 1,500 between two of the best distance runners right now. Gregory, who's focusing more on the 10, 10-5. Caitlin Tui is probably focusing more on the five, but has some great 1,500-meter wheels. Um, it's going to be very interesting, and I think a lot of people are going to see who wins this. You have the, the vet in Gregory, who's been around at Arkansas mm-hmm. for a while now. I think, was she on? I'm not sure if she was healthy for when Arkansas won the team title in 2019. 
was she part of that that big group or was yeah. she she was yeah she was yep okay so you have her coming off of that you know she's been around for a while all, all the way back to 2019 when arkansas won the title and cross tui now coming to form she's kind of just becoming the caitlin Tui we thought she should become she had kind of like a a red shirt red shirt and a half year coming out as in high school and now we get to see her like i mean she just ran a 15 14 5k solo so gregory versus tui it's gonna be interesting i think the odds i i think the favorite is arkansas but i think he's gonna be on nc state because I think people are going to want to see NC State get the victory. People are going to want to see Caitlin Tui get the win. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I think it's possible. I can see NC State winning this. I think it's going to be – I literally think they're going to get the stick at the exact same time. That's my prediction. And then we're just watching a Gregory versus Tui dual meet in a 1500, which will be fun. And with the record attainable, we think, for both teams, do you think it's going to take a collegiate record to win this race? I think it will. Yeah. I think they're going to run 1705. Mm. 1705. So I'm going for. Record on Did the line. Did you see this bet, though? Also, that Nikki Hiltz? Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, some, some bragging rights here are, are also on the line. Nikki Hiltz posted a Twitter exchange with Ellie Hennis, Hiltz, Arkansas alum. Hennis, NC State alum, daughter of head coach Lori Hennis. And the bet basically breaks down to if Arkansas wins, Hennis needs to wear a Arkansas shirt during a warm-up. No. And it No, 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 no. You got it the other way around. Yes. If Arkansas wins, Hennis has got to shave her head. No, no. Hiltz is going to oh, shave her head oh. if NC State wins. Oh, yeah. yeah. Got it. Talk about an uneven I was bet. You got to be very confident. You got to be very confident in your squad. I mean, I'm picking Arkansas, too. You have to be very confident in your squad to, to say shaved head versus wearing a T-shirt in warm-up. But some, some added juice to this 4 by 15 I miss I'm, – I misread that text message because I thought Ellie was telling Nikki, I'm willing to shave my head. And I was like, Nikki would shave her head because she has short hair. She's had short hair for a while. And I was like, wait, Ellie's willing to shave her head on this, this NC State team? She must be way confident. Because I don't think, uh, I don't know if Ellie's had short hair in, in the past few years. Has she had short hair? I'm not sure. But oh, no. now it makes more sense that Nikki would be more willing to shave her, her head because she's having shorter hair. But yeah. I mean, it is uneven. Wearing a T-shirt versus shaving your head. It's like someone saying, all right, you either got to, you know, do the dishes for me and give you a tattoo on your face. It's like, what are we doing? You're not an even bet. So. All right. We'll leave it there. Uh, Flow Track Podcast uh, YouTube page. Like and subscribe if you haven't yet. If we didn't get to comments uh, in the chat. We'll cover that all on Monday. We'll do a great big recap on Monday's show. Thanks to Colt for producing. Enjoy the final day of the pen relays, everyone. And we will talk to you on Monday.
like and subscribe.